Puck comes out, Suzuki working in, right side, saved by Leonard, rebound, another stop Leonard. Puck into the slot, Toffoli shoots, stopped by Robin Leonard, and the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Nolan Patrick comes in, drops it off, out and shoots, he scores! The former Ranger! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. From Section 104 T-Mobile Arena, the Zamboni going around, freshening up the sheet for tonight's return of the Vegas Golden Knights to the Strip, hosting the Buffalo Sabres final game before the All-Star break and the All-Star festivities, which will take place here at T-Mobile. And when you arrive or watch the game on television, streamed on Hulu and ESPN Plus tonight, you will see a new Center Ice logo as the normal VGK presence has been replaced by the Honda All-Star Weekend that takes place uh, this week here in Vegas, the skills competition on Friday, and then the All-Star Games on Saturday, noon start here at T-Mobile Arena. And it's, again, the three-on-three which pits the four divisions against each other. Uh, one game will lead to a finalist, and that will set up your championship game with uh, game number two, and then you'll have your uh, final. Uh, so it's really three periods. Uh, you're you're getting three different games, but it's three periods. A lot of fun, a lot going on around the city, uh, the fanfare as well in the West Hall of uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center. Darren Millard uh, having some fun here. Looking forward to the uh, Buffalo Sabres uh, visit tonight. Uh, some returns uh, to tell you about of great interest, and we also have a great show for you. But before we get to that, as we broadcast uh, from T-Mobile via the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, sponsored by Finley Chevrolet. Finley Chevrolet, home of the... Boy, there's a familiar voice coming back as Chris Chapman is back in the uh, studio uh, with us again. Uh, nice to have you with us. It's been kind of an odd couple of weeks with the East Coast games and the early starts and getting in the way of uh, our show, but we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, today we're going to chat with Logan Thompson, Chris, and uh, he of the brand-new three-year contract extension, which is a one-way deal. We'll get into what that means for him and the goaltender's development and his expectations. We'll also get into the TV side of things, uh, somebody that I've been bugging to get on the show for a while. Tavis Strand is the game producer on AT&T Sportsnet, so he's the guy that uh, basically when the puck's in motion and during the periods, uh, he's the guy calling all the shots for that. He's the producer on AT&T Sportsnet uh, in Dave and Shane's ears and also does a little bit of work uh, with me. So uh, fire over your questions uh, on Twitter to either Magnum702 or myself, uh, at Darren Millard with one R. And uh, we'll, if you ever have a question about the, anything, the game, the replays, the scoreboard bug, anything you've ever wondered about TV, Tavis will be able to answer those questions. And this Gary is Lawless your chance, is Mike. To, uh, yeah, this is going to uh, be fun because Mike's going to uh, fire over a couple of questions. But uh, then Gary Lawless will also pop on the program in hour number two. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League following some early action, which uh, has Milestone written all over it from Sidney Crosby. We'll keep you up to date on that. But uh, Chappie, this is the Buffalo Sabres. This is an anticipated game. I- I'm not not going to lie to you, uh, this wouldn't be the one game that I'd circle on the calendar as as a must attend. But in sharp contrast to my beliefs and showing you uh, what uh, where my finger is on the pulse of the situation, I don't think I've been asked for this many tickets 
in a long time to a single game. And I don't know whether it has to do with all the ESPN people in town for the Pro Bowl and the All-Star game or the fact that there's uh, so many Vegas Golden Knights uh, who are on the Buffalo Sabres, but there's a lot of interest in tonight's game considering it's a 20-point difference between these two clubs. One team's fighting for a division title and the other club is going to be end up playing out the string, albeit better this year than other years, uh, will not make the postseason. Yeah, it's unfortunately I will not be there tonight. So, so I'm. I'm it's not about you, chap. No, no, but I'm. I am very disappointed because I. This is one of those games that I, I didn't have circled a few months ago, but obviously after the trade, which sent Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs to Buffalo, and so it's the Tuck factor for you. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Alex Tuck was was a fan favorite, and I think he's a guy who this city, regardless of what happens with the rest of his career from here on out, I think a he will always have a place in this city as being one of those guys who, who really helped lift the city following the, the, the tragedy of 1 October. And I think the city will always hold a place in Alex Tuck's heart because this is really where he, he cut his teeth, where he really made a name for himself. I mean, obviously he had a, a little bit of time in the Minnesota Wild system, but this is really where he had an opportunity. And I think he really took advantage of it a lot of times. And, and you know, I think he's always going to be a fan favorite. And I think Vegas is always going to be one of his favorite places. So I think it's going to be an emotional homecoming for him. But I saw an interview this morning with him where, where he was talking about, uh, you know, how when he got to Buffalo, how he he shook the hands of everybody he saw. And it kind of reminded me of when he came here because he was at that very first development camp. He didn't need to be there, but he showed up anyway because he wanted to be a, a positive role model for all those young guys looking to make it into the NHL. And, and I think that spoke a lot about his character then. And then hearing him talk about that now, it really speaks a lot about his character now. I mean, he's, he's just one of those guys. He's one of three former Vegas Golden Knights who will play in this game tonight. Cody Eakin, Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, and the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, Mr. Granado, uh, their head coach, uh, gave them the opportunity to lead the stretch at center ice uh, here at T-Mobile Arena. Colin Miller, by the way, if you're wondering, hey, you forgot about him. Uh, he's not uh, in the lineup right now. He's uh, injured. And Malcolm Subban is also uh, on the shelf right now due to injury. So in all, uh, there's a, a very large presence uh, for Buff- Buffalo Sabres in this game tonight, uh, both in the press box a- and on the ice. And I just I wonder how they're going to do all these uh, return videos and uh, the acknowledgement uh, of the former players that we went through uh, with the Winnipeg Jets and the New York Rangers and, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks a couple of weeks ago. Do they package Cody and Peyton and Alex all together? Or uh, does somebody like Alex Tuck, uh, who is uh, a, a misfit, and uh, Cody Eakin, uh, who uh, left a couple of years uh, earlier, uh, didn't play quite as long as Alex Tuck or Peyton, who is a, a top draft pick. So uh, how they're going to do uh, that uh, as we uh, work our way through. Here's Logan Thompson. I uh, wanted to uh, make sure that we got some time to chat with Logan uh, on the program today. Brand new contract extension. Uh, when? Congratulations, by the way. Uh, let's start there. Uh, where, where was this on your mind, and, uh, and what's it feel like to have the, the three years and the one-way deal? Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Um, and yeah, I'm not. It, I mean, it was kind of always on my mind, right? I mean, you're coming in to a, a year um, when it's your last year in your contract, so obviously you want to, you know, be working hard all year to, to try and get your next one. So um, yeah, really happy to uh, to be able to sign and and you know get it out of the way. And you know, I still got you know two or three months left of hockey for the rest of the year, so I got to you know continue to uh, impress and and. Uh, 
Yeah, I've said that many times before. You know, I, I love Vegas and I love the city, and I'm happy to, to be here for three more years. When did negotiations start? Um, Kelly kind of you know t- start, took me down and uh, talked to me in Florida and just kind of said that they 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 want to resign me and you know kind of what the the years would look like and kind of the way the contract would work and you know a couple of days of you know my agent uh, negotiating with him and uh, and we we're able to get it done pretty quick. Boy, that happened fast. Yeah, that happened real quick. Because uh, everything I, I think about contract negotiations, uh, I think of uh, it has to be not long drawn out, uh, and it's a blessing when it's not, but it surely takes more than, than five days. Well, you know Kelly, right? You know yeah. he's, he's, yeah. he's got me right there, right? So I'm scared, so I'm not going to negotiate with that guy. <laughs> oh, what's the story about uh, him signing you to, uh, to an NHL contract and what would happen there? Oh, he just... Uh, I, you know, after my 20-year-old year, he just said, LT, if you ever get an NHL contract, like, I'll be the first person, I'll buy you a case of beer. And luckily enough, he was uh, the first guy to sign me to my first NHL contract. So still, still waiting for my beer. So. What, what, what brand are you going with? Uh, I don't know. i got to watch my body weight. I don't even know if I can <laughs> even take a case of beer right now. Well, here's the thing. You, you and I have this in common. Uh, we've both known Kelly for a long time, and we're both petrified of him. Uh, be, because we've known him uh, for for a very long time, we say that tongue in cheek. So uh, it's it's almost like a trick. It's like if he buys at the case of beer, do you take the case of beer? Because I think he's testing you. That's the way he'll probably, I would look he'll at probably it. would take two of the years back that I signed for. So. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm so happy for you, and uh, and you you so deserve it. Uh, some people don't know. Uh, how contracts work in the National Hockey League, but uh, but you were on uh, on an entry level contract, and uh, you get paid a certain sum in the National Hockey League, a certain sum uh, in the American Hockey League. Starting next year, it's all one sum, and it's a it's a nice sum, uh, whether you're playing uh, in the American League or or the National Hockey League. What does what does that feel like uh, achieving that uh, milestone? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought about it, you know, too much, right? I, I mean, I think next year when you know, next year kind of get started and, and, and going, then I'll probably think about it more and, and just realize, like, kind of how much of a bigger step it is and, and kind of just, it's, you know, it's kind of the same as growing up. It's, you know, I'm on my entry-level deal, and now I'm growing up and being more an adult. And, you know, can look at things like buying a house and stuff like that. So it's, it's really awesome, and I'm really thankful for the opportunity, and uh, I'm ready to put in, uh, you know, a lot more work so I can uh, stay here for longer than three years. Uh, may put you on the spot, but uh, we, we've all thought about this thing. Is, is there one purchase that you that you go, okay, my first NHL contract, I want like a 100-inch TV or a, a nice <laughs> car or a great suit or something like that. No, I I kind of got a new car before I signed the contract, so I was actually worried there for a bit. So I, I didn't know if I was going to get another contract. <laughs> I shouldn't have, shouldn't have got a car. So I don't know what I'm going to buy. Uh, you, we, I, I think we are separated at birth because I would do the exact same thing uh, with that. Uh, Logan Thompson's with us. Uh, Henderson Silver Knights, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. He's got this uh, new, nice National Hockey League deal for the next three years. Uh, it's been a fast progression. You and I have discussed that before. But what does an NHL deal mean for you in your expectations for where you play, how much you play, and uh, where you are within the organization over the next three years? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I've said it before, you know, I want to be an NHL goalie and I want to be an NHL guy. You know, it's, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the uh, down the line. You, you never really know what's going to happen, um, especially in the sport of hockey. You know, stuff, you know, happens all the time. So 
um, you know, I'm going to continue and just to improve and be a good teammate, be, you know, best goalie that Logan Thompson can be. And, and hopefully, you know, a couple of years down the ro- road or, you know, whenever my time comes, I'll, I'll be an NHL goalie and I'll be NHL ready and I can stick up there for good. Logan Thompson chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, last time we had a chance to catch up, it was right after your first National Hockey League start, and you said you were going to watch the video and, and go through it the, the next day. What did you see, and how many times have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it a couple times. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty happy, like I said, with my game. You know, the biggest thing, you know, that I can uh, take away from it and, and be better on, just, you know, that, that first goal, you know, I mean – I've been up with Vegas now long enough and, and watching Lenny and, and LB and, and, you know, other NHL goalies is you, you got to make the saves that you're supposed to make. And, you know, that's a save that I'm more than capable of doing. And I think the next time that, you know, I get a chance, I'm, I'm definitely going to you know, hopefully be more ready to go and but less nerves and, and hopefully get a win for the team. Every time Philip Forsberg scores and he's like lighting it up in the National Hockey League, uh, do you go, oh, yeah, like that, that happens to everybody. It definitely makes me feel a little better about yeah, it, for sure. I'm sure it does. Uh, do you watch? Do you watch other games and and National Hockey League games differently now that you've got your feet wet in that first NHL start? Yeah, I mean, ever since I got here, I've kind of been watching. I found that you know some guys don't watch hockey. You know, I watch almost more of it. You know, I watch more than just the Vegas, you know, Golden Knights games. You know, I'm, I'm watching goalies. I'm trying to to learn kind of from them by watching TV as much as I can of what they're doing and, and what. You know, I, if I can put that into my game to help me stay up in the NHL, there's there's a lot of good goalies in the league, and there's you know stuff you can steal from from many of them. Now you're you're a Southpaw, so it it changes it a little bit. Uh, who do you like to watch, and uh, who do you consider like to be sort of in your wheelhouse of style? Um, you know, I always used to really like watching like Pekka Rene when he was back in the league. Um, another guy that's you know fun to watch that I, I think that you know is is Vasilevsky. You know, he's or John Gibson, uh, you know, kind of those styles where they're they're bigger goalies. They you know they play the shot really well, but at the same time they both have that that athletic side to their to their game that they can you know be game changers or you know give their team uh, some momentum or a boost. And I think that's something I have. And, and just le- watching those guys is something that you know that's kind of a goalie that I want to be or type of goalie I want to be. Logan Thompson's with us on the VGK Insider Show ahead of the Buffalo Sabres against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Craig Anderson in just a little bit, who's going to start for the Buffalo Sabres. But did you know that you have something uh, really uh, uniquely uh, goaltending-wise in common with Andre Vasilevsky? I don't. I don't know that. You're both southpaws. Now, you're, you're thinking, no, he's not, right? But when, yeah. he, when he was growing up, he was a southpaw. And they oh right! Actually, I do know that. You're right. You're absolutely right. I heard that before. You're right. Yeah, he didn't. They didn't have the equipment for him, and so he taught himself how to catch with his left hand. Which, like, knowing what you know, how how difficult would that be? Yeah, no kid. I mean, I I couldn't do it if you gave me the wrong set of gloves. I yeah, I, I wouldn't even be here right now. So I don't know, you, I don't know where I'd be. Have but you yeah, screwed around in practice and tried it? Not for a while. Um, but I mean, I, I maybe I should. You know, maybe honestly, maybe it <laughs> no, would be no, better. I'm not, you know? No, I'm not meaning be better or anything like that. I'm just wondering, like, what? Am, no, uh, I'm I'm open for anything. You give me, you've inspired me. We'll try it out. Well, you know how it goes. Uh, how do you? Uh, this this will be too inside goaltending, but uh, playing the puck. Were, were you naturally a a left-handed shot or a right-handed shot, or did you have to teach yourself? Because Cujo used to have to do the flip over and uh, no. clearing the puck out. No, luckily I've always been a righty, which okay. makes things a lot easier. I, I couldn't imagine having to, to do that. That'd be that'd be terrible. So you'll watch Robin Leonard and 
Craig Anderson go ahead to head tonight, and and two of the best in the National Hockey League at reading releases. Uh, it's almost like Anderson knows where the puck is going before the guy even loads up. And Leonard, uh, like he he sees it, he sees it happening, and his movement is is so minimal. Uh, is that a skill? Is can you be taught that? And where where are you in in trying to read releases? Um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a skill. I mean, at the same time, I think it comes with a comfort level. I mean, Lenny and Anderson have been in the league, you know, for you know really like a long time, right? So they, they they're going to get used to shots, used to releases, and I think that you know it was good for me to spend as much time as I you know have been lately, you know, up with Vegas and and with the guys and at practice because you know I'm starting to kind of catch up myself and feel more confident. I think it just happens over time. I mean. And, you know, for skill-wise, I mean, with Lenny, like, it's – I definitely think it takes a lot of skill to, to use, you know, kind of your body the way he does. I mean, yeah, he doesn't move that much, but he, he – it works for him, right? Like, I couldn't stand back and, and kind of just rely on my body more. Like, I think it definitely takes a lot of skill to do that, and it's, it's hard to do. I've tried it, and, you know, it's, it's impressive to watch. It's, it's a trust factor. Yeah, way, absolutely. Isn't it? Just trying to sit back and go, uh, I'm, I'm in the right spot, but – uh, I believe the guy's going to shoot. I mean, there'd be arms and legs going everywhere. Uh, have you had a chance to, uh, to really zero in on, on what it's like to skate with uh, Jack Eichel and give us an, uh, the scouting report on, on facing his shots? <laughs> I mean, you can tell why he's one of the best in the world. Um, you know, I'm really excited, and I think the whole city of Vegas is excited for him to make his return whenever that will be. But, no, he either, you know, he's, the fans are going to be they have something to be excited about. He's an excellent player, a lot of speed, a lot of dynamic, uh, you know, a really good shot. You know, he's kind of a whole package. I mean, Kelly's kind of said it before. These players don't come around that often, and, and Vegas is really lucky to have uh, have this type of player on their team. Now that you have a uh, National Hockey League contract and you're uh, signed for three years, you feel a little more comfortable around Kelly? I don't think I'll ever feel comfortable around Kelly. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. Hey, uh, congratulations. Uh, really proud of you. Who was the first person you told uh, when you agreed to terms and signed the contract? Uh, I called my dad and told him right away. And, and he was just, you know, like you said, he's always been in my corner and just really happy for me. And, and uh, you know, he just looking forward to the next three years and, and seeing where I'll be, uh, be then. So we're excited for the opportunity and really thankful um, to be a part of this organization, and, and, and yeah, just excitement, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm pumped for you. Uh, was your dad ever your goalie coach? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah? Yeah, it's, he never played, but, yeah. uh, you know, goalie parents are yeah. a little different, so I, uh, yeah, he, he was my coach, yeah, coach on the sidelines, and uh, there's always something I did, did wrong, so it was, <laughs> there were some long nights and some, some, a lot of, you know, drives home with me crying, but uh, it made me better in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mike Rosati and uh, Freddie Brathwaite won't do that to you. And, and that's the cool thing is you get to spend uh, more time with uh, with those two gems. Uh, congratulations on the deal. Uh, really looking forward to watching you develop. But uh, this is a huge step and uh, stability for you and uh, well-earned. It's been uh, an amazing, uh, brief, fast journey to watch. And uh, we're really, uh, really impressed and, uh, and happy for you, pal. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. Like I said, I'm, you know, I'm just really, really happy to be here. Uh, and uh, if you if you get that case of beer, give me a call. <laughs> of course, yeah, I got you. <laughs> There's Logan Thompson uh, from uh, the Vegas School of the Knights as he signs the three-year contract, a one-way deal, as they call it uh, in the National Hockey League, uh, where uh, you get that uh, that financial stability for the next uh, three years. Uh, just shy of eight hundred grand for the next three years, so uh, a good deal, and uh, you'll 
progress and forecast his development. Chris Chapman, bring you in here. Uh, what a treat it is uh, listening to to Logan. Yeah, he's uh, he's a really interesting guy, and and I love his story about how he's gotten to the NHL. Like, from what I understand, a lot of goalies don't go the route he did to get here. I but think it's the first time since 1990. Yeah, that, so that a goaltender from the Canadian college system has played and started in the National Hockey League. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, it's it's one of those little odd... I mean, because I, I guess maybe it's different with, with a lot of sports here in the U.S. We think football, basketball, guys go at least to one year of college before they're able to turn pro, at least in the NBA. In the NFL, it's three. But in the NHL, obviously, a lot of guys don't go to college. They come through the junior ranks and... Well, it's U.S. Like there's The development systems are U.S. college... Or major junior hockey. Yeah, and the Golden Knights, actually, I think Riley Smith went to Miami of Ohio. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a you, – you're going one of those two routes, but for whatever reason, goalies seem to not come through the college ranks. So it's very cool that, that he's made that uh, little little footnote in history for himself. And as you said, first guy in over 30 years to do it. So it, it, it's kind of cool. But he's a really interesting guy. And, and listening to him speak, he's, he's obviously a very well-spoken guy too. So, so that's kind of fun. We've got some question marks around this. We, we need a news bulletin, a little uh, ticker uh, coming in. Yeah, I wish or, I had one. Or uh, some kind of horn. That's your department. Yeah, I know. But, uh, well, well, you, you got to let me know ahead of time if we're going to have some like breaking news coming in. This is uh, this is breaking news. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have uh, lineup questions going into tonight. Uh, as I as I mock that, uh, wouldn't that because be we've been, every we've night been through this? We've been through this <laughs> every single night and. As, as as much as it is on the Golden Knights side, the Buffalo Sabres are in a whole bigger heap of uh, uncertainty with, with their roster. But it was confirmed yesterday that Zach Whitecloud is out, uh, will not play in this game tonight. Uh, Pete DeBoer stating that Nick Haig was a day-to-day situation. Now, he didn't practice. Haig yesterday uh, was on the ice this morning at the at the skate. So that's positive. But as far as how his body reacts and uh, what how he feels uh, when he gets to the rink uh, this afternoon, right about uh, now, uh, we'll, we'll find out uh, what his status is. Uh, but there could be as many as three could be in the neighborhood of two and will be one young defenseman in the lineup. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to dress uh, three. I don't think that'll be the situation. It's possible if Nick Haig can't go, uh, then there could be two young blue liners in the lineup tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and we know that there's going to be one. And uh, without uh, being able to uh, nail down confirmation at all, in reading the tea leaves, Chapman, uh, I believe Daniil Miramanov uh, will play tonight. Uh, again, not not for certain, but this is how I, I size it up. And if Nick Haig can't go, Caden uh, Korzak could make his National Hockey League debut. And Braden Pahal, the uh, captain of the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, is also in in the ring. So there, there there's some question marks there uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights when it comes to the blue line. Yeah, I, I think Miramanov would probably be the way to go because he he's the guy who's the most seasoned. Of the three, not that he's played a ton in the NHL, but but played six games this year. Yeah, so so he's got six more than the other two guys combined. So um, Korzak is interesting. I I I've always liked his game. I kind of likened him a little bit to Brady McNabb, um, but he, he's more of a defensive defenseman. But I think he's shown a little bit of offensive upside in Henderson when he's when he's played. So 
Yeah, um, Korzak, Korzak's got that that DNA of a, of a guy that can put points on the board. Yeah, he's 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 a fun guy to watch. And and I remember when he was drafted, he was I think they they actually traded up with San Jose, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, to to draft Caden Korzak. So uh, that he's obviously a guy that they they liked a lot and. Um, be fun to see him get his debut tonight because he he's a he's a kid that I I really liked in in camp, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch him play. And now, I won't go all the way down the list uh, with Pahal, but we do know that Daniil Miramanov, a forward, transitioned to defense. He'll wear number forty-two. You've watched him play a couple of times. Has great offensive instincts, and I. I'm a little surprised, actually, that he hasn't scored in his first six games because he's had some awesome looks, and uh, he would be the latest uh, in that growing list. Uh, Vegas might get to 30 guys to score a goal. <laughs> well, uh, well, you have to year. figure at some point Jack Eichel's going to join well, that list. And and Alec Martinez. So there's, yeah. there's two more for sure on the way. And Caden Korzak uh, wears number six uh, in the National Hockey League with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, if and when he makes his NHL debut. But that's the number that's been uh, assigned to Caden Korzak. So a couple of question marks there as the Golden Knights first place in the Pacific Division. Tied with the Anaheim Ducks, but an opportunity to break that deadlock uh, tonight against the Buffalo Sabres who make their one and only appearance here. Uh, Sabres, a better team this year than we've witnessed in the past. In fact, they're one win off last year's entire total in just 56 games right now. Uh, one uh, of just uh, a handful of games a year ago, and they're they're just on the uh, knocking on the door of being able to, uh, to surpass that. So that's uh, pretty cool for the Buffalo Sabres in their progress, but still a ways away from uh, competing this game that uh, the Vegas should win, but first game off a road trip, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. TV. What are your questions about when you watch a game on television, uh, when you listen to Dave and Shane and Ashley and, uh, and go through uh, all the different uh, nuances of a game in front of your flat screen? Uh, what's it like? Uh, we will talk to the uh, game producer on AT&T Sportsnet, Tavis Strand, next on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. 11-game night in the National Hockey League is already underway. Toronto Maple Leafs and New Jersey Devils played a barn burner last night. Tonight, oh. uh, the only fire uh, belongs to the Maple Leafs as they've jumped out to a big lead on the uh, Devils. Tampa Bay, San Jose, Boston, Seattle also in the early going. So we'll get going in a couple of minutes' time. Uh, just after uh, 7 o'clock here at T-Mobile Arena with the Buffalo Sabres against the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas attempting to move to 11 games over 500 for the first time this year. The game can be viewed by a stream on ESPN Plus or Hulu, and that means that uh, Dave and Shane and Ashley and myself have a night off uh, working the TV along with Tavis Strand. Uh, follow him on Twitter at TV Strand. He is the uh, game producer for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he calls all the shots, also does the Colorado Rockies as well on AT&T Sportsnet, and he's been uh, nice enough to finally relent as I've banged on his door for the last uh, three or four weeks uh, trying to get him on. And, uh, and now with the night off, I make him uh, work anyway. How are you, Tavis? I'm good, Darren. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, thank you. We're not going to be formal here. You can jab me. You can make fun of me. You can do all those kinds of things uh, on this and uh, because I'm going to ask some very personal questions about your relationship and your communication with Dave and Shane. So um, uh, don't hold <laughs> Okay, don't hold, you got it. Don't hold anything back. Uh, what 
what's it like? How do you how do you find your way into uh, being? And what's your exact title? I, I call you the game producer, but uh, I'm a little more casual than most. That is a that is a fine title. Producer works, game producer works, live producer works. Any one of those titles, I will I will answer to. So, how do you find yourself sitting in a truck uh, underneath the stands in most rinks, uh, calling uh, shots for hockey games? Yeah, so I'll give you sort of the the short version. Is I grew up in Minnesota. I went to school at the University of Minnesota. Go Gophers! I have a, a journalism degree from the University of Minnesota as well, and I and I really wanted to find my way into live sports television. I grew I grew up playing many different sports. We sort of changed with the seasons from baseball to basketball to hockey in the winter. And you know the Minnesota winters are long, so we got a lot of a lot of opportunity to skate outside in the winters. Um, and after I graduated, I, I got a job at a local uh, regional sports channel that did uh, the Minnesota Twins and then the Timberwolves and some, and some college product. Um, and then I was basically working in what's called master control, running all the commercials for the network. And on the other end of the, of the, of the phone some nights when we did live games, go for hockey games, was a person called a producer. I rarely heard of what that person did or was or what, what they did for a for a job, and I listened to this this person do their job for every night in the course of you know two three years. I worked there, and I was like, "That's what I want to end up doing as a job." So I figured out a way. I started as an editor for our pregame and postgame shows, and eventually moved up to um, producing pregames and postgames. I moved from Minneapolis to Denver and started doing the Colorado Avalanche pregames and postgame shows, and then. Uh, we had a college hockey package that I did for 12 years, and I did a whole bunch of other sports in between, from college basketball to college football to some gymnastics to some boxing, sort of to arena football. So I've just done a ton of stuff. And then uh, five years ago now, when the, when the Golden Knights and AT&T uh, partnered, I knew that's what I, what I wanted to do, and, and the opportunity came up, so I, so I grabbed it. So you've been the main game producer for the entire Golden Knights existence? That is correct. Yep, from day one and down. What uh, what was it like meeting Dave and Shane for the first time? Did you know them? I I knew of Dave and I knew of Shane, um, and we met in a bar, surprisingly enough, in New York City. Really, we were all there for the NHL meetings, and I had not met them. There was no sort of formal introduction. There was no like we didn't get on the phone and have a conference call, or we didn't meet in some. In some office somewhere, we actually met at the bar. I wish I could remember the name of the bar, but we met, we met there, and we instantly started talking about David. You know, you know David and how he approaches the game, and we instantly started talking about what we want these games to look like and how we want them to feel, and the opportunity that we had starting a starting a brand new team in a in a new television hockey market, and it sort of it sort of went from there, and and I think uh, over that course of time, like what we have grown and what we've been able to develop has been, has been nothing short of very special for me. And I think I can speak for all of us on the crew and how, how much fun we've had doing it. And there is a, there is a big crew and we're focusing on, on you and your, your job as the, uh, the game producer, uh, Tavis Strand's with us, TV Strand on Twitter. It's a, it's a three man, three person conversation when you're, when you're doing a game and, and, you, Ashley's in there, and uh, I'm in there with uh, with with whoever's uh, with me in the pregame show. But but during the course of a game, it's it's you three. How do, how do you guys communicate and talk uh, during the course of the first period? So when uh, Dave and Shane are in headsets upstairs in the booth, I'm downstairs in the truck outside of T-Mobile, 
uh, parked outside the loading dock there, and they have their headsets on, and they're able to talk to me through something called TalkBack. They have a box in front of them with a cough switch and a TalkBack button that allows me to hear them through a speaker in front of me. And Dave and I sort of take care of the business, right? We take care of the business end when we're going to break, when Dave has to read a card for one of the sponsors, or if Dave is throwing to you, Darren, at the end of a period, or he's taking a toss from you, or I'm counting them down. Shane and I have a running conversation about the game and what we're seeing. Shane's giving me, you know, things he would like to talk about during the intermission and telling me, you know, hey, this is happening here. I'm seeing this. Let's build a highlight package on that. Let's talk about Leonard during the intermission, so on and so forth. So it's it's not just the three of us watching separately. We're all engaged in a in a conversation, albeit some of it shorthand and in, in, in TV talk, but it is a definitely a two-and-a-half, three-hour conversation that we're having throughout the game. Do you ever have to set, turn off Dave's speaker or his, uh, his talk back? What happens is they have a tendency, like they both see the same thing at the same time, right. so they both talk over one another. It's like, a, it's like trying to separate two brothers that are having like this conversation that's, going, that's really loud, and so i got to turn down one of them and listen to just, or turn down Shane to listen to just Dave. So it's usually I'm turning down Dave, yes. Uh, what you see on camera and through the course of a game is really genuine between the two of them, but it also works with you. Uh, have you ever worked with having that, that bond between producer, play-by-play, analyst, the way that you have it here? I can't say, I can't say that I have in the way that Dave and Shane bring fun to the game on a night-in, night-out basis. But that's and how too, because that producers, like is, producers can can take that out or leave it in. And and sometimes you got to take it out. Sometimes you got to leave sure. it in. But but that's on, that's on you, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think we have, you know, we all know the moments that we come across that we have to, you know, we, we obviously approach the game very seriously. We take it with, with reverence. We want to be genuine in what we say about the team and how we approach our coverage. But there are moments of levity that we can have fun, whether it's at, whether it's at Dave's expense or Shane's expense or Ashley's expense or your expense or Gary Lawless's ex- expense. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and it took a while to develop that chemistry. Just like any team does or would, it takes time to develop that. And once, we've, once you get it, it's very, it's very special and it's, it's just fun to be a part of it. And I think sort of a little inside television or a little inside the game is our rehearsals that we do every night and you're a part of that Darren and you you can speak to this which is you have they get a little goofy at times they get a little sideways they get a little funny and then I sort of have to rein them in and be like okay guys we actually have some business to do so let's go ahead and rehearse so but those guys make it a lot of fun there's there's times where I'm like Tavis is getting nothing out of this because he's trying to rehearse the elements. The elements are the pieces, the video, the the, the boards, the graphics uh, that you want to see in timing. And Tavis is getting nothing out of this because the two guys are just giggling their faces off. Yeah, and then when they get the giggles, then that's a whole other thing. <laughs> just stop over. I'm trying to put a, a watch on it, you know, to get a time yeah, for yeah, yeah. how long, you know, how long you have or how long Ashley will have in the second segment of the open. So I'm trying to get a good hard time. Some days I just am like, okay, well, I think it's going to be this long. I have no idea once we get to it. And then it's always, it's sort of like we, they have a saying, or we have a saying, which is like the worse the open, the better it is, the worse the rehearsal of the open, the better it is live. Like it's just some, some are just complete dumpster fires that we, we try to rehearse and they're stepping on one another and they don't know what to say and they don't see the right things and we're a little slow in the truck. And then 
all of a sudden the lights go on and the red light goes on and it's just smooth smooth sailing. So that shows you the professionalism of it, you know. Well, it's, and it's then it becomes magic, right? And you're like, how did we right, go from right. that Television to this? Magic, exactly. uh, and it's just everybody's uh, feeling it. Uh, is it true that you, Dave, or Shane, at some point have intentionally sabotaged a rehearsal because it was going so well? Um, because I'm you... usually shocked when a, when a rehearsal is going well, so I don't know <laughs> if I have time to react quick enough to sabotage it. So I would say I would say that's probably usually on Shane. You know, the sabotage it towards the end. He'll say something goofy, or Dave as he as he throws the break, and we'll and we'll have some fun with Ashley's name as he's throwing to her to break. So, yes, that is a true statement. Uh, some quick hitters for you. Uh, you put the shots on goal on total up there on the scoreboard bug. Uh, how does that happen? How did it come about? It was something that you know you were watching other games that were happening around the NHL, and and, and most teams, most networks have incorporated that into what we call the score bug, either along the bottom of the screen or up in the upper uh, left-hand or right-hand corner, depending on your network. And it was something that we had been working on um, over the course of a few weeks, and I just decided, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and do it. I know people have been asking for it. Um, that's something that the fans wanted to see, and that's something that uh, we um, took a chance and, and put it on there. Is there somebody back there, like manually putting the, yeah, plus one? Really? Yep. So we have somebody called a score a score box operator, and he is all the sponsorships that come out of the score score box score bug as we call it. Like he does all of that. He keeps track of all the stats. He rotates stats through it. Keeps track of the shots, oh, um, and then also obviously keeps track of the score and the time on the time on the clock. When we see the graphic on the screen, and uh, we've got Mark Stone blitzing down the ice, and it's got a speed. Uh, where does that come from? So that comes from what's called SMT, is the company that handles all the player puck tracking for the NHL, and that is something that was introduced in the bubble last season, and it is carried over to this season, and we actually, they are in um, Durham, North Carolina this year, and they are tracking players, tracking uh, speeds of shots, uh, player distance skated, uh, and all that, and all those particulars, from the players that you see on the screen, and then they uh, turn that data over to us throughout the game. Do you travel with the team? Uh, yes. So it's okay. been kind of uh, – that's, uh, that's an interesting question. This year's brought up a lot, of, a lot of hurdles to overcome, and we travel with the team most of the time. This past road trip out to the East Coast of Washington, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay, we traveled commercially um, due to some COVID uh, concerns, and we will start traveling again once uh, the team goes to San Jose later this month. What do you like more, commercial or traveling with the team on the charter? <laughs> I think, I think that's a that's a fairly <laughs> obvious answer. I mean, I, I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the charter travel. Yes. Uh, where do the replays? Who decides on a replay that that we see? So that is that is myself. I decide on the replays along with along with Shane, and we have. Five replay operators uh, in the truck as well, and think of them using like DVRs, which you would have at home to watch TV, and they and they back it up so they're recording everything real time. And we have uh, 20 cameras that are are at our disposal to be able to show the viewers at home all the angles, all the pertinent angles when it comes to goals and and uh, big hits and scoring chances and reviews and all the stuff that happens throughout the game. 
He is Tavis Strand. He's uh, AT&T Sportsnet's uh, game producer for the Vegas Golden Knights and Colorado uh, Rockies uh, as well, and he's with us on the VGK Insider Show. A couple more for you. Uh, is mm-hmm. there a formula for re- video reviews when there's a challenge uh, on the ice? Well, the formula is, you know, we, you know, Shane and I usually can anticipate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's saying in my ear, you know, check that last play for offside, or that might be goaltender interference. Let's look at that. And then you see, you know, the, the coaches sort of huddle around the iPad and sort of look at it. And then there's an official, you know, request for a challenge. And then the TLC, the timeout coordinator, who I'm talking to down on the ice, he alerts me, hey, there will be a review here. And then we start to back up our looks. Sorry, we start to basically rewind the looks and, and start to show them. And then we also get a feed of what the NHL is actually looking at uh, back oh. in Toronto. So we get a feed of that as well, which we are able to show the viewers what is hopefully the definitive look on the uh, on the challenge or on the review. Now, I don't talk to you during that process, but there's times where I look down and go, I wonder what they're looking at. Are you guys the, the same boat, or do you know – through the timekeeper's box and through National Hockey League uh, control in Toronto, uh, what they're looking at. We know we know what they're looking at. So the okay. TOC will so the referees will skate over to the to the timeout coordinator. They'll say, "Hey, they're looking at offside, or they're looking at goaltender interference." Um, so we have a pretty good that gives us, and it's also an announcement made inside the building as well. So that gives us obviously a a starting spot to start to, to start showing replays to the viewers. Uh, Rita, who you've uh, no doubt uh, interacted with uh, or come across on Twitter, she's one of our greatest uh, and uh, biggest followers of, uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights, loves it when you show the three stars. Now, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Uh, wh- where are you on three stars? I love three stars. Mm-hmm. After a big win, and that building is still rocking, yeah. especially an overtime winner, right, or, or a big shootout winner like that, there is nothing... There is nothing better in that building than than three stars, and you know I think we love doing it. That's we try to work it in during you know when Dave and Shane have their have their final thoughts of the evening before they throw upstairs to you for the post game show. So I, I love it. Let's bring in Chris Chapman for one. All right, Tavis. I I think we all probably already know the answer to this question, but we got to ask mm-hmm. it just just for clarification and, and probably some some chirping in the future. But which on-camera, this is from Papa Lou, uh, he wants to know which on-camera personality spends the most time in the makeup chair? Would it be Darren Millard, Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, or Gary Lawless? I'm going to say it's not Gary Lawless. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, The best answer of all time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's Dave Gosher. Oh, that's an upset. Down. That's an upset. Oh no no no! He, yeah. it's, it's not that he needs he needs that much makeup. He just it, yes. enjoys being pampered. That's I think go. that's what right. what Tavis is getting at. Thank you, there. Yeah, his, his the so makeup Dave always would, comes on before rehearsal and he says, uh, "I just want everybody to know that I don't have my makeup on right now, just for uh, just for the record." And I say to Dave, "There is no record of when and when, when you are not wearing your makeup." So let's go ahead and rehearse. So then he always puts on his makeup, and then he's ready. he's TV ready, as they say. Now, to be fair, I I would probably be if I was a television personality, I would probably be the guy who who spent the most time in the makeup chair, but not because I wanted to be pampered, because I actually need it. Who did you think right. was was going to right. lead that? Uh, oh, I thought I thought question. it was you, hands down. I didn't think it was going to be even debatable who else really? it could have been. Oh yeah, he got the little 
you know, nice hairdo and, you know, I I just assumed that it was, I wrongly nice assumed that it was you. Nice compliment. Uh, I, I did enjoy it back in the day when you'd walk into the makeup room and you'd, it would all be done for you. Uh, but uh, but now you kind of got to rush around and, and you're still so busy doing things that uh, it's hard sometimes to, to make it right. But Dave... Dave gets it right. And I love it when Dave says, because of the commercial break, and this is inside TV too, uh, he'll say, Tavis, can I see the shot? Which means I want to see myself on camera. And, yep. and he does this little, <laughs> yep. little, little Can we thing. see ourselves on television? Yes. You can yeah. see, this is what you guys look like. You haven't changed <laughs> no. in the last hour and a half since we last saw you on television. It's, you still look the same. It's the craziest thing, but it's like we all fall into rituals and 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 what we need to to do it, it it's awesome and it's one of the greatest things about uh dave hey tavis uh thanks for doing this thanks for um uh, relenting to my uh constant uh, barging uh on your door and asking to do this and you do a, you do a fabulous job a big fan and i just wanted to share some of your thoughts and a uh, little bit of uh information uh with the people on the tv side so appreciate it what are you going to do for your night off that you're not producing tonight's game well, I'm actually going to watch the game, obviously, and we're in Denver, Colorado right now, uh, a few days off, and I'm watching it snow outside. We're expecting four to six inches, so I suppose at some point in time this evening I may go outside and shovel some snow as well. Well, it's it's not snowing at your place in Vegas, so I think you should be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope not. No, no. Uh, be well uh, and uh, say hello to uh, to your better half. I will do that. Thank you, Darren. appreciate you having me. There's Tavis Strand, TV Strand on Twitter. He is the game producer for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. The Colorado Rockies does baseball and then turns around and does a winter of hockey and then turns around and does a whole summer of baseball. That guy loves to work. And I will be front and center, straight up honest with you. I never want to work as much as he works. <laughs> okay? Like, I, I love my job. I really do. I never, ever want to work as much as uh, as. But his, his wife also works in the production. Uh, she does all the graphics. Uh, so it's a, it's a really cool uh, opportunity for them because uh, they're at work. They're together. They're at home together. So uh, it, it works. But, man, can you imagine? Like, baseball is a, a long grind. And uh, then you turn around and, yeah, and very different, diff, different sports. See, but baseball's, uh, well. baseball's kind of cool in the aspect that, I mean, because I, I, that was my dream. I wanted to be a baseball play-by-play guy. And I love the aspect of it where when you're on the road, you're usually on the road for three or four games. So it's like you could kind of relax a little bit. These guys, they're like on... In one city. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, like, yeah. so like I might be in St. Louis, but I'm going to be there for, for a long weekend. Yeah. Or maybe after that, I'm on my way to Houston. I might be there for a long weekend. Where hockey... It's in and out like it, it. It's crazy, especially during the playoffs. All the traveling back and forth. It's it, it wears on you. Here's here's the thing about being on the road though for three or four games in St. Louis or Houston. There's 81 of those road games. Yeah, and there's yeah. 81 home games. Yeah. Like the road schedule in baseball is the entire hockey schedule. Yeah, and you're, you're right. Doing the, you're doing those games every day. You've got new elements, new co- talking points, everything. like. And then the, the get-out game on Thursday, you know, yeah. you're, you're playing the night before, and sometimes that game goes late, and then you're back at it early the next morning. That, that's that got to be rough. He's got three 82-game schedules, oh. home and road in baseball, and then uh, the hockey one. Now, we got to take a break. Uh, got to fly out of this. Gary Lawless is coming up uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights against the Buffalo Sabres, and we've got our play of the day, plus one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show. Darren Millard with you from T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman in the Fox Sports uh, Finley Chevrolet studio. 
back uh, over on the Lotus headquarters, this secret location, though, I can't tell you. Uh, we'll be right back with a play of the day right after this. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Come in. Tracking a little history is Sidney Crosby chasing down 500 goals for his career, not tonight. 500 goals in one game would be a really big accomplishment. Uh, he has not scored in a 2-2 tie with the Washington Capitals as they play in the second period. Darren Millard with you at T-Mobile Arena, Section 104, getting you set for the Vegas Golden Knights and the Buffalo Sabres. Our play of the day comes courtesy of Ken Cal, the Detroit Red Wing Radio Network, as the Red Wings did the Golden Knights a favor by beating the Anaheim Ducks in overtime last night. Raymond and Osterley. Wings with a draw. Osterley shoots. He scores! Jordan Osterley from the faceoff. Rifles up by Gibson. And the Red Wings beat the Ducks 2-1 in overtime. Great job of Joe Larkin winning that uh, faceoff. A bit of a pause to see the Anaheim Ducks. No one's sure whether to go out there and challenge Jordan Osterley. They gave him some time. He let it go from 40 feet and beat a real good goaltender on the glove side. What a big shot and goal for Jordan Osterley and the Red Wings a 2-1 victory in sudden death. Interesting part about that goal, in overtime, Jordan Osterley had not scored in 61 games. Part of me is like, why is he out there in overtime? The other part is, hey, playing a hunch, Jeff Blaschel, nice job. They were Score. running a play. They were running a play uh, for uh, actually Lucas Raymond, but it did not happen. And uh, Jordan Osterley uh, ended a 61-game scoring drought in overtime as the Detroit Red Wings won over the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll connect with Gary Lawless. Will it be in Section 104, or will he demand to join us from the broadcast booth because he's just that type of person who needs to be pampered? Gary Lawless, next, now number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.